when you confront death at age 22, everything changes. It got me thinking about what I wanted to do before I actually die, because life is unpredictable. Can you relate? I'm Kiki Kelly, and this is my story. My friend Amy Hallberg thought I should share some of my stories with you. She'll be joining me here. Some are hard, some are funny, and some are just unbelievable. But they're all true. So here we are. Season 3, Episode 6. Tales from an Inadvertent Bucket List Champ. Hi, this is Kiki, and this episode is actually one of joyfulness and finding independence and finding myself for the first time in years and years and years. But there's something that's been niggling at me for 10 years since the divorce, and it's this. So my ex-husband has basically accused me of cheating, and my whole neighborhood, my whole ex-neighborhood would accuse him of cheating. I'm curious, what it, what are the ethics here? Because if you've got the divorce papers in and it's been months and you're going back and forth and you're already living as separate people, your future ex-husband, for example, hypothetically, <laughs> has already begun dating the neighbor lady and has future plans to, near future plans to marry her, that is at the very least emotional cheating. And that is, for women, I think most women who agree, emotional cheating is probably worse than physical cheating for us. Whereas the worst thing for a man, I, as far as I've heard, is physical cheating versus emotional cheating. So I'm about to tell the story of how I get to Mexico and my friends say, why are you still wearing that ring? You know, he's already moved on. Are you ever gonna get back with him? And to this day, you know, it's still, I wish it were cleaner, but at the same time, like, it's human. And I don't think I'm alone here. I think it was equally hurtful. And I think after 10 years, it should be in the past. So this is me saying goodbye to any feelings of guilt whatsoever. Enjoy this episode because it is joyful. Thanks. Okay, so this is when... So I'm Alice in Wonderland already down the chute. Like, life is topsy-turvy. Yeah, there's there's no rhyme or reason anymore. So when... Okay, remember when I almost died in Oregon? Yeah. With my best friend and her family? Erin, yeah. Okay, so Erin calls out of the blue. You know, she she's feeling really terrible for me. And, and she's like... Well, my mom and her best friend and me are going to a spa in the middle of Mexico. It's inexpensive, and would you like to go with us? And I was like, of course. Oh, my God, that sounds so good. I mean, sunshine. And I just, you know, it, it had been such a long, dark winter, and just I hadn't been to Mexico. So, I, of course, I said yes. Well, we get there, and I'm thinking, oh, and I'll lose some pounds, you know, because at the... <laughs> I mean, my friend Angie started throwing away my clothes by then because she's like, you're gonna have to go back into the dating life eventually. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm never gonna be ready. And she's like, you literally have a nightgown that looks like a butter churner. <laughs> and I was like, fine. So she gets 
shop for all these new clothes for Mexico. I get to Mexico, just sitting there at the breakfast table with my lovely second family, and they say, why are you wearing that ring? And I'm like, well, technically we're not divorced yet. You know, it's gonna take a while just because of the paperwork. And and they're like, well, hasn't he already moved on to like literally a person he's gonna marry? And I'm like, yeah. And like, is there any chance that you guys would ever get back together? No. And I'm just like, and they're like, okay, you know what? It's gonna make you feel a whole lot better if you just take that damn thing off because it doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, you're in this weird in-between space, but it's over. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm like literally almost crying and I take off the ring and the second I take off the ring, I look up and across the crowded breakfast room, I mean really big, big breakfast room, I see the most beautiful waiter you've ever seen him. I mean ever, ever. Like that second. Oh my god, I look <laughs> up and I lock eyes with him and he's got these beautiful brown, brown eyes and beautiful eyebrows and he just looks so put together somehow. I don't know, I was just like, I, I was like, oh my god, I can't breathe, right? And, and they're <laughs> laughing at me and then, but that would all be fine and good. That would just be dipping my toe, whatever. He walks across the room to our table and he says, <laughs> He says, hello, I'm Alejandro, but I go by Alex. Um, and he goes, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Christina, but I go by Kiki, and I'm getting a divorce, and I've got a five-year-old daughter. And in the meantime, Erin is literally like hitting me with her elbow as hard as she can in my rib case. And I'm like, oh, and by the way, we're kind of low on cream at this table. Can we get some? <laughs> flings. I, I, I wasn't, that was the farthest thing from my mind, right? right. I mean, I, I have a little girl and even before the 11 years with my ex-husband, it was just long-term relationships. So no, I don't have any game, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and why do I need it? Because I'm not doing anything anyway. So he comes back and brings the cream and he was just like, well, where did you come from, you know? And, and we get into this short conversation in which I find out that he's studying Carl Jung and psychology. Okay, and what are the odds? What are the odds of that? And that makes me get, get like, less nervous and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I want to study too. So then he goes back to work or whatever and Aaron's like, what are the odds of that? That's crazy. Speaks perfect English. She's beautiful, goes by Alex and studies Carl Jung, okay, look at Kiki, <laughs> like, I don't know, because it seemed like I had had such a bad run for such a long time that I forgot that I also have really, really good luck sometimes, like, like these weird things happen. Well, our other friend, uh, another woman, Natalie, was there with her family, and, and she was our age, and we hung out with her, and there was a carnival that night, just in the town, which is a couple blocks away, and... It was really cool to go see this carnival, but Aaron kept saying, no, no, you should wear this, you should wear this. And I was like, who cares what I, you know, who cares? Right. Right? So I'm walking down with Natalie and Aaron or whatever, and then we see Alejandro. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are the chances? Well, it's a small town, whatever. You know, we all 
go look around for a little bit and I turn around and Natalie and Aaron are gone. Okay. <laughs> they ditched us and so they clearly invited him. I'm they so, set you up. I'm super slow. I'm so slow. <laughs> well, all we did was we went over to the Loteria table because I was super interested in the cards. You know, the, it's just bingo, but Loteria. And there was this little park bench. We sat and talked for a little bit and he went and got me a drink that I still have the container to stay. It's made out of this clay and stuff. And I had to go to the bathroom and he did not want me to go to just any old bathroom. He literally talked up like guard into opening up the federal building because I couldn't I couldn't just go to the bathroom anywhere. This guy this yeah, he was such a gentleman, right? Right. So we went into this really nice bathroom and then we came back and we just sat and talked for a couple more hours. And then he walked me back to the hotel. And so that's your date. That's yeah. <laughs> so, so and of course, you know, like we become friends and he was like, Hey, do you want to see where I live during the week? Cause normally I live, we take care of a farm. My dad lost my dad when I was 11 and you know, my mother has to have a gun because you know, local, she's really beautiful and local guys want to marry her and they want the farm. And it's this big flower farm and her, you know, her brother and whatever, they all run the family farm. So I'm like, well, I'd love, you know, that'd be cool. Like, first of all, I'm super interested in how just a regular Mexican waiter, student is living, right? Mm -hmm. So he takes me there and I'm like, oh my God, okay. It's just like, there's, you know, it's just a room. And, but it's interesting to be with an actual town's person kind of, you know, like, it, right, it's, it's not just, the tourist thing. No, and that's exactly it. I was like, well, what do you, what do you normally eat? So then we had, we had that or whatever. And he was like, I would love to take you to my hometown. It's called Coatepec de Harinas. Okay. okay. <laughs> that was terrible. Fun fact, <laughs> Kiki, for all of her language abilities, has some kind of a weird block with Spanish. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't remember anything. I can't pronounce it correctly. I just, uh, this will come up later. So so he was just like, yeah, after work, I can just drive you over. It's not very far. It's, it's less than an hour away. And, and I think, doesn't it mean... Well, you said it meant Serpent Hill. Serpent Hill. But not in Spanish, in Nahuatl. Right, in Nahuatl, which I could possibly, probably speak Nahuatl, no problem. If, you know, like, there, so there, it's an Indian, there's a native component, like native Mexican... Right. And the snake, we talked about that. The Mexican flag has a snake and the serpent and the eagle. And that, mm -hmm. that's very, mythologically, we talked about that a lot. Because he also knew all, like, the myths and the stories, the old stories. And and we, you know, we talked about languages and right traveling and whatever. We take a ride to Coatepec de Arenas. The yeah, only part that's Spanish. Flower. Yeah, Arenas, right? The <laughs> only part that I can't say is the Spanish word, Coatepec. Anyway, so... Right before we get to where his family lives, there's this giant convent. And we he's like, I have to show you something. It's really ancient. It's really cool or whatever. And so we go up there. And <laughs> that's where he kissed me. And so that's... Wait, wait. He kissed you at a convent. At a convent. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and he was like, listen, I just... He goes, I just want to introduce you to my family. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't do that this, you know, this time we're about to go. And I already feel terrible for, like, not spending time with Aaron. I'm like, but I'll come back, you know, but let's talk between. So what does Aaron say about all this? She's like, oh, 
Only you could take what should be a one night stand and turn it into a real relationship. <laughs> I'm like, I don't do, I don't do one night stands. So I get home and I figure, you know, remember when the, the neighbors had in absence, in the absence of the truth, they make up stuff, right? Right. So I'm just like, what do I have to be ashamed of? Right, my marriage my, is over. It's over. My ex-husband is literally... Marrying with the neighbor. Marrying the neighbor. Okay. So, I, so I've got this great story finally after all this time of not having any stories. So I'm telling the neighbor ladies and I'm, I'm like, Vicky, will you please come with me? Because what if I'm going through a midlife crisis? This is crazy. This is crazy town. He's 15 years younger than me and granted... He seems really, really grown up because his dad died when he was 11. And he's super, super responsible and everything. But it's still crazy. And she's like, yeah, of course. I got to go to Mexico, I guess, to check on this hot guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I take her there. And we stay at the hotel. It's a really gorgeous hotel. And, like, no one is staying there. It's just us. But it's across the way so that it doesn't interfere with his... With his work. The the spot where he works. So no one will recognize us. I don't want to make it awkward for him. So Vicky meets him the first day and she's just like, did you find out what nationality is? I'm like, well, I'm assuming Mexican. And well, it turns out he's half Mexican, half Italian, and he's done some modeling. And he's, and she's just, and he's like sweet and attentive. And can I get you this? And, and Vicky's like, you are not crazy. So he's like, I have to take you. He was like, it was originally just going to be my mom's. But then the whole family got super excited. And so we're having this thing at my tia and tios and uncles. And so he takes us to the flower farm. So we get to this flower farm. And there were rolling hills with sheep on it. And this bubbling stream. And the sun was just beautiful. And there were all these trees with like hanging ripe fruits and bees buzzing happily around gorgeous bright flowers and so and this is paradise this oh is like, my god and i was like all these stupid americans who think all the mexicans want to you know come up here no that's not true i mean he would no he was like oh no i never want to live in america do you want to live here though and i was like i would love to but i can't <laughs> But anyway, so in the meantime, you know, the the aunties and the mom and just everyone, they made this humongous, I mean, they've got this giant table, right? I mean, like, like they must always eat these huge meals together and they've got, there's this beautiful tablecloth on it. And they have this drink in pitchers called pulque. And it's basically, I find out that the agave plant that makes eventually tequila but you have to distill it and everything so if you in the bottom of the agave plant it's just it's like a watery substance Mm -hmm. and so it's slightly alcoholic but not super but it tastes it tastes like cactus juice i really loved pulque and they called me the queen of pulque (laughs) (laughs) so they kept pouring me a glass full of pulque I'm doing fine. Um, everyone's super happy. They seem to think that that Alex and I 
are cute. Okay, get along. Can I ask about Vicky? How's she doing? Yeah, so Vicky's a little bit of a different story because she's got this beautiful, really light blonde hair. Corn blonde. Yes. So um, this freaks out the uncle, and he's kind of obsessed not only with the gift of the really good reposado that we brought, because we want to be rude guests, but he's completely obsessed with her hair, and his wife, meantime, is like, you can just see the wheels kind of turning and stuff. So Vicky's super interested in how the tortillas are made, because everything's handmade and homemade. And, I, and I'm like, well, you know, there's, there's a tortilla shack just over there. And the, the ladies are like, oh, would you like us to show you how to make homemade tortillas, you know? And we're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, sure. Because <laughs> I'm not a great cook. But Vicky's a super foodie, and she totally wants to learn this stuff. So I volunteer to go first knowing that I'm going to make an absolute monstrosity and everyone's going to laugh, right? right? This is just my intuition, and sure enough, that happens, and that, that kind of breaks the ice. And then they're all watching Vicky really closely because Vicky is a foodie and she thinks she's probably going to do a good job. And well, she, okay, and she is. She's an incredible she's cook. She's an incredible cook. But it is really hard to make these tortillas. It really is. And hers is like a million times better than mine. But it's still not not up to speed. And so they, <laughs> they're like, huh, okay. And it was like it was kind of like, you may have golden hair that my husband is completely in love with, but you can't make a tortilla. <laughs> Sorry, Vicky, but that's such a funny story. And so, so here's how, oh my God, that, so all day, drinking, laughing, eating, I start getting sleepy. And Abuelita, the little, this the little grandma, and she's like, I hear you like wrestling. And I was like, I love wrestling. So we go into one of the, like, there's different rooms. They're like different kind of little hut, like huts with stucco on them and everything, but um, different ones. So there's one that had a TV room in it and a, and a bed. She <laughs> tucks me into bed with like, look, with a cover, like a homemade crocheted or whatever blanket. I fall immediately asleep because I'm so comfortable and I drunk so much pulque. <laughs> so, and they're all watching the kind not Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre wrestling, which is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> like with the masks. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I wake up and, and they're all like staring at me and the abuelita's laughing and she pats me on the head and stuff. And it's just, yeah. And, and, and uh, Vicky goes, yeah, you're not crazy. This is great. Yeah. And you knew even from the outset that realistically, it couldn't last. No, we both knew that because he's much too young for me. Even though his family thought I was 26, I looked a lot younger then. But and how old were you? Like 40? 40. And uh, yeah, I just thought, uh, you know, I, I wasn't thinking too much. I, it's just, it was such a nice break because when I didn't have my daughter for a week, instead of going to that horrible residence in I, I just went down to Mexico and and, and spent time with Alejandro because and he loved practicing you know he was already great at English but I'm a former English teacher and so he was learning from me and we'd go and he, he loved showing me his country and we went to all these different amazing places <laughs> the only thing is when he finally takes me to meet his mother which I didn't think much of at the time but her, her brother was there, her uncle, and he starts yelling at me for not speaking Spanish. Mm. And I was started to laugh, and he got madder, but I was just like, oh my God, this is how it is for every 
poor Mexican person who comes to the United States and is expected to immediately, I'm just visiting, like, why should I, you know, and he speaks English, so I feel really bad. And this is also another reason why in the in the future I'll always learn enough of the language before I go anywhere, because I'm... But that's an eye-opener, right? When we, we in this country, it's very easy to say, oh, well, everybody should or does speak English. That's not actually true, right? So there you are in that situation where you're actually experiencing that for real. Right. Well, the mom shut him down pretty quickly because she really loved me. And she'd made my favorite soup, which was like pozole. And it was like so great. But then uh, she introduced me to a fan, like a neighbor came by and she said, this is my daughter-in-law. Mm. And that's kind of like, that was the end of it. Mm. And so I went back home and he wrote me a long letter that said, you know, that... He would have loved to marry me and be Maddie's dad, but he knew that wasn't in the cards and that he wished me the very best and all the love in the world. And he sent Maddie a little Mexican soccer uniform because Mexico was doing really well in the World Cup. And that was the end of that. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales from a Bucket List Champ. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with friends. Our sound editor is the talented Will Quee. Our story editor and producer is me, Amy Hallberg, and our writer and executive producer is Kiki Kelly. We'll be back soon with Season 4, Through the Looking Glass. Until then, what's one item on your bucket list?